Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome to Injured Reserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. Oh, uh, man, what a year it has been. Happy New Year's Eve. Hope everyone had, uh, has a great night tonight. Be safe. I will be doing absolutely positively nothing because I'm on that old man status now. And I just really don't care for it. Not too much anymore. But, uh, man, a lot has happened over this past weekend. Uh, uh, the college bowl games uh, to NFL playoffs finally being set. And, um, yeah, let's just jump right into it. First things first, uh, an ass whooping of a lifetime that the Florida Gators handed out to my Michigan Wolverines 41 to 14. Uh, man, it just, it looked like from the get-go, to be honest with you, I mean, granted, despite we, Michigan did have a lot of players sit out, Karen Higgin being one of them, which was a key player who had over a thousand yards rushing this year for Michigan, uh, Devin Bush, uh, arguably the best, uh, player on defense at linebacker, he sat out and rightfully so. I mean, they have, they have that right, you know, they're prepping for the NFL draft and they don't want to get hurt, which meant, you know, rightfully so. I don't blame them. Um, I don't know how far they have, uh, you know, the analysts have them going far as for the mock draft. But with that being said, um, I watched the game and honestly, Michigan just kind of looked flat the entire first half and they, de- they came out even flatter in the second half. You know what I mean? It was, it was just, you know, Florida was up three that the first half, and after that, it looked like Michigan didn't even care, you know, and uh, Harbaugh had a, a, a month to prep this team, and I I don't know. There's a significant difference, you know, when you, you're literally one game away from making the college football playoffs, and you get just throttled by Ohio State, and, um, you know, there's just, it, uh, that game just changed the mindset for a lot of for the lot of the men in the locker room, I believe, and it, it was just heartbreaking. And I, I'm not making excuses, no doubt, but um, it was just it. They just looked like they didn't care. It was you know what I mean, but I don't know. It just uh, we'll we'll see how things turn out. You know what I mean. So a lot of teams seem to have that kind of effect, like last year with Auburn and Central Florida. Central Florida wanted to come out and make a statement to prove that they deserved to be in the college football playoffs last year going undefeated. And they just, you know, they, they beat Auburn. And I think Auburn, you know, they, they were in a similar scenario like Michigan. They, they fell short of the college football uh, playoffs. And they didn't seem to care. So one team was motivated, the other team was not. It was as simple as that. And then, but I think we might see a similar scenario. It depends how uh, uh, tomorrow goes for the Rose Bowl game between Washington and Ohio State. Um, I feel like I don't know. I feel like maybe this in the same scenario might happen. Uh, does Ohio State uh, are they going to go hard for Urban Meyer? I think they will. It's going to be his last coaching game, so this could be the last drive that they'll have. If it wasn't his last coaching game, I think things might be a little different. But Washington, they might want to prove to the whole nation that you know that they're not some you know team that a, a lot of people consider to be overrated over the previous years, just you know because of their conference. But uh, with that being said. Um, We'll see how that goes. Uh, Washington uh, heads into the game ranked ninth in the country. Ohio State ranked sixth. So we'll see how that game goes tomorrow. I'll be looking forward to that. And then, um, yeah, uh, it's just I love college bowl season, no doubt about it. Uh, 
Major respect to the Florida Gators, though. They uh, they came out and whooped ass. It was as simple as that. And um, Harbaugh, you know, he's going to the drawing board. And who knows? I, he needs to uh, change his uh, gameplay around. You know, it's, uh, a lot of people have been saying this, too. It's just uh, that old school mentality, the Bone Schembechler play style. It works to a certain extent, but if you don't have a solid quarterback... It, it's just, it ain't going to work. You know what I mean? So, in Michigan, Shea Patterson's not bad, but I don't, honestly, I just, I'm never confident in him. That's the problem. Like, he was 22 of 36, 236 yards, one touchdown, two picks. It just seems like Shea's just, he's kind of like the Mitchell Trubisky of the Michigan Wolverines. That's, he doesn't, for the most part, he doesn't make mistakes. It's, but it's just, uh, it's hard to watch because he doesn't really make a whole lot of plays. And I don't know, we we need a playmaker and someone like a Dwayne Haskins or a Kyler Murray. Even Kyler Murray, despite Oklahoma losing to that Alabama, whose defense overall is ranked uh, ranked in the top five. Um, they lost 45 to 34, but you got to give credit where credit is due to the Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray. I mean, Oklahoma is the bottom of the barrel when it comes to their defense. It's been trash all year. They've been in shootouts left and right. And the fact that, you know, this this young man was able to keep his offense alive, it wasn't for Kyler Murray. Oklahoma wouldn't, wouldn't even have a chance in the top 10. So, you know, that hence why he won, rightfully so, the Heisman Trophy. I, I you know, get, I'm not taking anything from Tua from Alabama, but Tua didn't have to face, you know, the adversity like Kyler Murray had to do in the Big 12 and all the shootouts that the Sooners had to go against. So, hence why he won the Heisman Trophy. And, you know, arguably have one of the greatest seasons as a college quarterback. And we'll see what his future holds, whether he's going to go pro for the NFL or, uh, Baseball, but uh, that's discussion for another time. But uh, Kyler Murray, I mean, he threw for over 400 yards and rushed for over 100 yards against Alabama's defense. And, you know, they were getting throttled. They were down like 21, 28, nothing in the first half. And Oklahoma was finally turning things around. Defense started playing a hell of a lot better. But, you know, it was just too much to overbear. So now it's going to be another rematch between Alabama and Clemson. Clemson just throttle Notre Dame it was 31 to 3 I believe so and man Notre Dame is just they had a great season but like it was like it was a meh season I don't know like I'm not speaking this from a you know from a personal perspective just because I'm a Michigan fan but it seems with Notre Dame like their season was it was iffy uh, if anyone catches my drift there's a few games where they look great and then there's a few games where it's like, eh, you know, they were too inconsistent. They beat Michigan, so they start off the season off right, you know, a solid win at in South Bend. But then after that, like, I don't know, like uh, their season, you look at a couple of their games and they're kept close, like Ball State and Syracuse and a couple, you know, a couple of these other teams that were, you know, not not much of a talent, but they were just able to pull it off. And you know, Notre Dame, they didn't. They got to go back to the drawing board, and um, it's going to be iffy for them, for you know, for Coach Brian Kelly, see how they're going to revamp their game plan, and, you know, it's just, that's a heartbreak, you know what I mean? You go 12-0, and you play great, 
nonetheless, uh, good enough to get into the college football playoffs, and um, you fall short. So it's just that's that's tough. That's as a coach. But as a coach, you know that's, you know, how do you rebound from a season like that? You go 12-0, and and then you lose the college football playoffs by a significant margin. It wasn't like by a field goal or touchdown. They got blown out, and it didn't look like they belonged there. You know what I mean? So, it's just, I don't know, Notre Dame's record in the last six BCS or New Year's uh, bowl games, they're 0-6, and the average margin of being defeated they they lost by 24 points or more, so it's just when it comes to the big stage, it's it's rough for them, man. And it's just and if you look at that overall for the last in the last 25 seasons since like since '94, they're 0 and 8. You know, in the Fiesta Bowl, they in the Orange Bowl, it's just it's not pretty. It's 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 rough. So, I mean, I don't know. It was just, it's it kind of reminiscent of that, that 2012 BCS bowl game against Alabama, 42 to 14. And it just, ugh, it was, it's rough. It's rough to be an Irish fan. Great season. But um, I always said they need to be in a conference. The, the, the college, uh, they're the basketball teams in a conference. But uh, some reason I I don't get they should be in the Big Ten. I mean it makes sense. South Bend, Indiana. I mean Midwest. It, it makes sense, but I I don't know why. Um, I never really looked into it as to why they they haven't uh signed into a conference. I I think there's a reason for it. I just can't remember why. I'll have to look into that. Uh, but with that being said, um. Pretty much in a nutshell on Saturday was Michigan. Uh, they came out flat. Florida was the better team. Um, Harbaugh needs to go back to the drawing board. Notre Dame, same thing. Brian Kelly has to do something, revamp his team. Um, Clemson uh, did their thing. And then same thing with Alabama. But uh, Kyler Murray showed a reason as to why he won the Heisman Trophy all while losing to against Alabama. It was respectful though. But uh with that being said, we're gonna take a quick little break and you are listening to Injured Reserve Podcast. Welcome back to Injured Reserve. So, little fact here. Uh, today on Monday, quote-unquote, considered uh, Black uh, Black Monday. Um, basically what it is at the end of every NFL season, when the regular season has concluded, uh, Black Monday is regarded as who, who's getting fired, like who's going where when it comes to NFL coaches. And since November to now, November to December, uh, eight coaches have been fired. Uh, for you know, Mike McCarthy being one of them, uh, notable. Todd Bowles from New York Jets. Uh, Marvin Lewis from Cincinnati Bengals after being there for 16 seasons. And um, 
it's uh, you know it's it is what it is. And Marvin Lewis has always been a solid coach for Cincy. The problem is, is that when you spend 16 seasons there, and Cincy was, they were trash. They were beyond trash uh, before Marvin Lewis got there. You know, but you win a couple of AFC North titles. He had Carson Palmer, Corey Dillon, Chad Johnson. At the time, Cincy was a team to reckon with. The problem was, is that they could not. Once they make the, you know, once they clinch the playoffs or win the division, they, that's as best as Cincy was going to get. Um, I wish him well. I hope, uh, who knows, maybe someone will hire him. And the problem is that resume just doesn't look too good. It's like, yeah, he has a couple winning seasons here and there, but his playoff record, he's 0 7 in his career. So it's just like, how come you just can't, <laughs> it just, it, it's just that one thing bearing over his shoulder. And, uh, I don't know. He's had controversies in the locker room before. You know, you know, some players, you know, being uh, toxic uh, for the rest of the locker room. And the same thing can be said for my Pittsburgh Steelers as well this season. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, top ten and everything, uh, offense and defense. To overall defense, uh, they were ranked sixth. Uh, passing offense, they were ranked fourth. Uh, man, it's just they go nine six and one. They beat Cincy yesterday, and they needed Cleveland to beat Baltimore. And um, they came close, but that wasn't enough. And Cleveland lost Andy Dalton, Tyler Eifert, you know. So since he was riding with backup quarterbacks all season, uh, Baltimore eventually started rookie quarterback Lamar Jackson. And uh, Cleveland has a rookie quarterback in Baker Mayfield, who's arguably could have a chance. Probably he's going to win rookie of the year. I, I have to admit, I was wrong about him. He's having a great season. He's turning things around, no doubt about it. Uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see how the second year goes. Because every once in a while, a quarterback or some kind of rookie will have a phenomenal season as a rookie, and then after that, players or teams start to figure out you know their scheme and how they operate and how they work, and the rookie fails to develop or you know. Uh, adapt their play style a certain way going into their second season. And, you know, they, they, they get this too old, too old for, uh, confident being winning rookie of the year. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I got this next season, la la. And then they, they failed to adapt. Uh, but with that being said, um, there's no excuse for Pitt for not, yeah, not even winning. They should have won the division, no doubt about it. Juju Smith Schuster over a thousand yards receiving. Uh, Tony Brown over a thousand yards. James Conner, um, close to a thousand yards. Um, ben Roethlisberger, uh, second in the league in passing. It's just, man, that the the problem with that team is that they're toxic. The, the locker room is very toxic, in a way, somewhat selfish. You got Ben Roethlisberger talking, you know, speaking out about about the team, the controversy. Tony Brown doing his Facebook Live thing that's been controversial. Uh, two years ago, um, uh, Le'Veon Bell and the offensive lineman clashing, this and that, talking about his contract, which you never do as a professional athlete. And it's just, man, it's just, um, like I said, very toxic environment. And that, that all lands on the leadership, the coach. And you can't, and the problem is, is that you can't fire him. Mike Tomlin has been the two Super Bowls. He's won one of them. You know what I mean? So, and, uh, He's won a few AFC North titles. Um, 
it's just, man, he's made a few appearances in the AFC Conference Championship. It's just, I don't know. Um, you, you can't get rid of the players either because they're a phenomenal job as well. They just make things work. It's toxic, but it works. The problem is it's just, it's just it's so toxic that it does become a distraction and they still fall short. You know, they finished the season above 500, like I said, 9-6-1. and one. Um, So, yeah, it's just, um, man, uh, things got to change. Um, got to be a lot more disciplined in that locker room. I don't know how you do that, especially as a coach that you've been there for so long. Um, I just, uh, that division should have been an easy win for uh, Pittsburgh. The fact they only got nine wins is sad, very sad. And but you think of all the toxic leadership beforehand at other teams, they get rid of them. Um, Seattle, Richard Sherman, gone. Uh, uh, Who was there? Michael Bennett, gone. Um, So Seattle, they move on, and they're doing just fine. They make the playoffs. Russell Wilson having a low-key great year. Uh, Who else is there? Uh, Oakland Raiders. Um... Cleveland, you know, granted Cleveland didn't have a lot of high expectations, but still, there's still that, you know, outspokenness with Baker Mayfield and Hugh Jackson. Still, you, you don't you don't hear problems from New England, you know what I mean? You don't hear you don't hear you know from Super Bowl status teams like that. But uh, it is what it is. So um, I don't know. Things got to change. Uh, like I said, just for Michigan and and for my Steelers. But uh, there was no excuse as to why um, Pittsburgh should not won the AFC North title. But uh, kudos to Baltimore. They go. They win. They got the W. And uh, we'll see how things wrap up this upcoming weekend. Uh, Indianapolis at Houston. Seattle at Dallas. That's on Saturday. Uh, if anything, I I see Seattle going at Dallas, and I think Seattle pulls it out. No, they're gonna uh, break the hearts of every every Dallas fan. Um, if Zeke isn't running for over a hundred yards, Dallas is in trouble because Dak. You don't know which kind of Dak Prescott's gonna show up. At least Russell Wilson, you have consistency. He's able to make pl- uh, plays, and it's simple as that. Um, India at Houston, Andrew Luck's having a phenomenal year. Uh, Deshaun Watson, not too shabby of a year, especially coming off an of ACL tear. Um, Honestly, I don't, I don't see. I think something about Andrew Luck. I don't know. I'm, I'm still not too confident in him. Uh, granted, yes, regular season great. Playoff, Andrew Luck, eh? It's meh. It's uh, it's shady. So I'm gonna take Houston. I think they take it 2017. Uh, Seattle beats Dallas 27-17, and then Sunday I uh, got the Chargers at Baltimore and then Philly at Chicago. Um, this is a iffy one. Uh, Baltimore's defense is for real, no doubt, no doubt about it. Um, Lamar Jackson having a solid year for a rookie, you know, is still working out the kinks, but still, nonetheless, he's able to get the job done. He's doing a lot better than Joe Flacco. He put Baltimore in a better position, but Baltimore's defense is legit. Let's not forget about that. Hence, why the reason why they made the playoffs in the first place. I like the Chargers. I don't see Philip Rivers losing to you know Lamar Jackson. I think they pulled out. Defense to be rough, but I believe. Uh, Philip Rivers, uh, he'll want it more. He'll he'll get that little upset at Baltimore, and uh, L, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers will move on to the divisional round. Uh, Philly at Chicago. Um, 
Now, Philly was able to make it in. Uh, like I said, I think, uh, as I predicted, uh, they'll, they'll make a little run at the end, and people are going to wonder how they, how in the blue hell Philly made it in when they were struggling. Uh, as soon as Carson Wentz got hurt, I'm sorry. I hate to say it. You know, I don't like seeing people hurt, and I'll never wish that on anyone. But as soon as Carson Wentz got hurt, they put Nick Foles in. Things started clicking. started going well. So you got to think. Who do you go with now, Philly? Who do you stick with? You gotta, you know, things seem to be doing a lot better with Nick Foles now in that lineup. The, the offense plays a lot better with Nick Foles in that in that huddle. So I think, uh, but I don't know. At Chicago, uh, cold weather, um, man. I don't know. Soldier Field, like I said, Trubisky is, you know, like the Shea Patterson from Michigan. He doesn't make mistakes, but he's not gonna make a lot of plays. Um, Chicago's defense has been phenomenal all year long, too. But uh, I feel like, you know, don't be surprised if Philly pulls up the upset. Nick Foles, for some reason, Nick, <laughs> when it comes to Nick Foles in the playoffs, he's phenomenal. So look out for Nick Foles and uh, Chicago. I So with my prediction, uh, the Chargers 24, Baltimore 14, and then I have Philly edging out a close one, 21. 17 against Chicago. So with that being said, um, the lowest seed will face Kansas City, and the second lowest seed will face uh, New England in the AFC, and the same thing vice versa when it comes to the NFC. So, um, yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, granted, Tom has been a little iffy. He's not playing the Tom Brady, as we know, when it comes to New England. But... Uh, Hey, this is playoff time now, man. This is where Tom Brady shines, and people forget that. You know, it's like, oh, Brady's washed up, this and that. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, this is different. Playoff Tom Brady, different kind of level. He goes to Super Saiyan level, you know what I mean? So it's just, uh, I think it comes down. I don't know how many picks I might have changed my Super Bowl predictions, but I, I, I generally believe it comes down to New England and uh, New Orleans. Uh, I, Kansas City's been playing iffy, uh, and granted, despite Drew Brees has playing iffy the last uh, few games as well. With uh, excuse me, the last couple games as well, um, the last four games actually, he's only thrown three touchdowns and three picks, so he's he's been looking uh, a little shaky. He turns forty mid January, January fifteenth. He he turns the big four zero, but I think he turns things around. He turns that up a notch as well, and. Uh, Man, it'd be a 40-year-old against a 41-year-old in the Super Bowl, and I think that's going to be phenomenal. New Orleans against New England in the Super Bowl. I think Drew Brees, honestly, I think New Orleans pulls it out. As much as I like Tom Brady and I think he's the GOAT, I think uh, that standard, that situation, that conversation gets changed a little bit because now people are going to start discussing Drew Brees as well. So, um, like I said, I, I always made that case. Uh, there's only one other person, I think, when it comes to the GOAT conversation in the NFL with Tom Brady. It's like if Drew Brees can have one more Super Bowl and he has all those records, I think, you know, it's a fair debate. So we'll see. But, hey, it's it's still got the wild card and whatnot. So <laughs> Super Bowl 53 ain't until February 3rd. But let's relax a little bit. And, uh... With that being said, uh, like I said, New Orleans, New England, Super Bowl 53. <clears throat> Let's change things up a little bit. So, not only was football the main topic of this past weekend, um, let's have another, there was another uh, 
interesting fact. Um, top six highest paid quarterbacks, none of them, none of them made the playoffs this year. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G was hurt. Derek Carr has been right um, since the leg injury. And then John Gooden got there, a.k.a. the uh, quote-unquote the quarterback's coach. Hasn't been doing well. Kirk Cousins, uh, he actually hasn't had a bad season, let's be fair. Um, he's actually he, he's ha- had a solid year since Minnesota fell short. Uh, Matt Stafford, eh, too inconsistent. Matt Ryan, I don't know what's going on there The for- with the former MVP. Aaron Rodgers, toxic. So with that being said, I mean, is it really worth to pay your quarterback, you know, some big, large amounts of money and then, you know, to lead the team? You know, Rodgers is toxic. Coach got fired. Who knows who's going to coach Green Bay now or wants to take that kind of pressure, you know, you saw a coach and quarterback clash. You know what kind of coach wants to take that kind of that kind of uh, leadership that's leading the team in the offense in the huddle. So I don't know. Uh, no excuses for Green Bay. They haven't. They haven't. They lost two consecutive years now against Detroit. Um, Aaron Rodgers. He's the highest paid quarterback in the league. And uh, they lose thirty-one to three yesterday. And uh, Rodgers didn't finish the whole entire game. So, to me, that just shows what kind of leadership is in Green Bay. But, uh, I don't know. But with that being said, we're going to take a quick little break. And you are listening to Injured Reserve Podcast. And welcome back to Engine Reserve. Um, this will be the final segment of the day. And I should point out one thing. Is that this podcast will be out a couple days late. <clears throat> so uh, it probably won't come out until probably Thursday. Um, but anyhow. Um, that being said. Uh, UFC 232. The return of John Bones Jones against Alexander the Mahler Gustafson. And then the co-main event was Amanda Nunes versus Ronda, or excuse me, not Ronda Rousey, but uh, uh, Chris Cyborg Santos. So uh, the two, the two females, two women, uh, phenomenal fight, slugfest. Uh, man, just uh, the fight in general is just fun to watch. It looked like a Rocky Four montage, but all happened in the scale in under sixty seconds. Uh, Amanda Nunes, first female. In the history of the UFC to, to unify both titles of both divisions. Uh, for In female divisions. Uh, very impressive impressive win by Nunez. Um, she's on a roll right now. And uh, it's, it's crazy what she's been accomplishing lately. Um, it was just, it was crazy because... Uh, this is first Cyborg's loss in about 13 years. So, um, I think there will be a rematch because it wasn't like, because Cyborg also caught Nunez too a few times with a couple of heavy punches. It's just Nunez was the, the faster person, basically. That's what happened. And then the John Jones and Alexander Gustafson fight, it was, um, 
it was somewhat even for the first two rounds and then come to the third round john you know eventually he was uh he took uh gustafson down and um you know he's able to ground and pound his way to the victory to get his uh ufc light heavyweight belt back so and uh despite what y'all think you know it's impressive what he's been able to do and what he's done for the sport I really don't know because he still to this day claims that he never took any performance enhancing drugs or anything of that nature so it's just I don't know he he claims God on everything so it's just like look uh, it's it's hard for me to look at someone like that but you know hey it it is what it is I, I like the guy so um yeah I just I, I don't know um it's, it's an impressive record I mean basically he's 27 and all no one you know it it's it's been it's been crazy uh he's been taking every you know some of the greatest UFC light heavyweight <laughs> fighters in the world and all of them have been former champions too so um can't disregard that so like i said when it comes to the ped allegations it's it's something else but uh with that being said um i hope everyone uh has a great new year's and whatnot be safe and then until next time i'll catch y'all later